Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Now, Vaughn, remind me, are you a David Bowie fan? Huge. I yeah. love David yeah, Bowie. Great guy. That You see that documentary that uh, they yes. popped out last year, Moon Age Daydream? Yes. Really, I, it conveys, among other things, his incredible intelligence, since it's almost all him talking about what he was doing, what he was trying to do. I remember watching a documentary that said, like, when the Let's Dance album came out, right, which was so huge, which had that song on it, Modern Love, China Girl, Let's Dance, it was pretty much because David Bowie decided he wanted to make a hit album. Yeah. Like, he, he was tired of, you know, doing the artsy stuff. He said, let's see what it's like to be uh, make a big hit album. And so he did, because that's what he could yeah, do. It, something I recommend, it's on YouTube. Uh, Conan O'Brien, when, when, when Bowie died, and he reposted it recently, because we just had the anniversary, um, posted uh, his, the funny highlights of his interviews with Bowie and, and his charm. And it's, so it, it's actually one of the neatest things out there. It runs about five or six minutes on YouTube. And you get, this is like a human being, too. Yes. It's, it's quite neat, actually. Very funny. Yeah, I do love him. Okay. Uh, let's also talk about what's going on in politics this morning, too. Uh, so we're hearing, we got a bit of a preview, I think, yesterday from Premier David Eby about what we're going to be hearing from the NDP government. Yeah, the Premier isn't uh, in the House today for the throne speech, which is unusual, but for a good reason. He's on his way to Ottawa today for the health, the long-awaited health summit with the Prime Minister and the health deal that we're expecting. So that's a good reason. So he did an event yesterday with Mayor Sim, uh, City of Vancouver, putting up $2.8 million to hire mental health workers, as they promised, and EB was there. Eby got asked, uh, what's in the throne speech? And he, he gave us a bit of a preview of it. He said um, that it'll be the big four priorities that his government has identified. So for those of you who haven't memorized them, they are housing affordability, uh, improvement access to health care, uh, public safety, and action on the economy and the cost of living. So that's the priorities. And when you get to detail, he I think the most important thing he said was legislation to address housing affordability for middle-income earners. So this is a departure for governments, not just here but elsewhere. Government housing plans in the past, Simi, were almost all aimed at social housing, aimed at first-time home buyers, aimed at the poor, low-income people. Uh, this time the government is saying, look, the middle class can't afford housing either, and we're going to do something about it, and so we're going to get legislation along that line. It is interesting, though, this is a bit of a departure, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a clue as to where they're headed on this, and it is partly in what E.B. has said, but it was also in his appointment of the former mayor of Victoria, Lisa Helps, as his housing advisor. So, uh, Helps, as mayor of Victoria, her council put together what was called the middle, the missing middle housing initiative. Right. It didn't get approved before Helps stepped down, but it was approved by the new council 
just recently, very quickly approved, and it provides a major clue to where we're headed. So what they did, and it's amazing this thing passed so quickly because it's very controversial, they pretty much ended single-family zoning for housing in Victoria. What they've done is they've said um, they, that new housing in Victoria, that is more than one unit on the same piece of property, so you can convert to a duplex or a triplex up to six units if there's enough space. They've also said that that's the goal, townhouses, uh, what they call houseplexes, so up to six units, not high-rises, but, again, small-scale apartment blocks, uh, townhouses on street corners. And the other thing they've done, and when this happens, starts happening, it's going to be controversial here, they've said if a project comes in that meets the standards of the initiative, the city staff can approve it without a public hearing. So no more NIMBY. Uh, that's where Victoria is headed. And as I said, I think the news is still sitting, sinking in in my neighborhood uh, <laughs> and people starting to look at it. I, I was talking to our, our colleague Keith Baldry the other day because, of course, he lives in the Victoria neighborhood as well. And everyone's going, hmm, boy, oh, boy, is this going to be interesting when this starts happening? Uh, EB, I think, is headed in the same direction. And to get there, Simi, it might well mean we're going to see legislation that would impose these standards on municipalities or at least allow it to happen. So single-family zoning in selected parts of British Columbia may be on the way out. Interesting. And what was this issue about the Esquimalt space? Again, this uh, our, our colleague Rob Shaw picked up on this. So when the Premier was in Ottawa last week meeting with the Prime Minister, and he took six members of his cabinet along, one of the things he talked to the federal government about was unused military land. So the the one that people in Vancouver know about is the Jericho lands, right? But he said to the Prime Minister, you know, you got this Esquimalt Navy base here in Victoria, a whole bunch of military land that's not being used there anymore. Why don't you open that up for housing development? Now, EB pitched it as housing for the people that work at the base, but it would also increase uh, the amount of housing available in the provincial capital region. Um, some of that military land is really good land. It's right at the entrance to the harbor. It's waterfront property. So, And E.B. said yesterday, got asked about this, uh, said, well, Ottawa went, that's an interesting idea. I mean, they didn't rule it out and say forget it. So I think that one is uh, got considerable potential here in the capital region as well. That's an interesting one, too. Now, when it comes to that announcement yesterday, I know there's a lot of questions as well, Vaughn, about like, what does this mean for other cities? Does that mean that other cities are also going to have to take on mental health issues in their city? You know, it was a good question yesterday. I mean, the mayor and the premier are both there celebrating the announcement, and the mayor is saying, well, we promised to do this, so we have to do it, and he's right about that, and the health region said, we'll partner up on this. But the question to Eby was just what you said, Simi. Is, is the message here that, you know, if you want action on this, uh, your municipality is going to have to line up? Some municipalities have the means. 
but some of them obviously don't. And EB said, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, we're talking about partnerships. We're talking about municipalities, you know, partnering up on things. And then he said, of course, the provincial government is doing a great deal on this file anyway. But, you know, I think it's a sign that on this one, EB may find himself on the defensive. The initial reaction to that very big budget housing plan that the Liberals announced last week, billion five over three years, and the emphasis on treatment and recovery and the mention of involuntary treatment in some cases, I think that's the first uh, thing the Liberals have announced that put the NDP a bit on the defensive. The Liberals really? getting ahead of the government on this a bit. And I think the government will... I mean, the initial reaction was fairly positive, and uh, I think the government is going to find itself on a bit of, on the defensive. Of course, the one thing governments can always do, Simi, is if the opposition has come up with a really good idea, you can always steal it. <laughs> that's that's always the risk for opposition parties. Opposition is saying they're going to wipe out user fees for treatment beds. Well, the government could do that as well. The opposition is saying we're going to establish regional treatment centers for complex cases of addiction and mental health. Well, the government could do that as well. So the one thing I don't know if the government will touch is involuntary treatment. The New Democrats toyed with that idea under both EB and Horgan. The Liberals say they're going to do it, and on that one, Simi, my sense is the public is there already on that being a mm. last resort, uh, especially for young people who repeatedly overdose. I don't know, though, if uh, you know a government, this government will do it, but if in the event of a change of government, and that's far from certain, uh, I think the Liberals are bent on doing that. You make a good point, though, about who's going to remember who did it first or who suggested oh, it yeah. first if the government takes it. I was thinking about the Portman Bridge. That's kind of how we got to this yep. situation to begin with, with that election in 2017, with the idea of, the, well, we're going to cut the tolls on the Portman Bridge. And the NDP said, no, no, we'll just get rid of the tolls yeah, on no, the Portman Bridge. Yeah, no, it was one of the great acts of one up personship in provincial politics. And it happened on like the opening day of the campaign. Yeah. The liberals came out and said, well, you know, we're going to cap tolls at $500. And about two hours later, the New Democrats came out and said, we're just going to get rid of them. And the liberals sort of, I think that's where the liberals started to lose their legislative majority. And John Horgan in partnership with the Greens, moved into the dynamic right. where they formed the next government. So we'll see what happens with this. That's an interesting idea. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Va